Hello humans, hello humans. It's a little later than usual, after 11. Heading outbound, back to the coast, where we've had repeated power outages, and the uh, shock of the juice coming back has fried my heating system on the computer there, so I've gotta, gotta get that rebuilt. Just been a weird time. So it's probably something like, you know, um, Pluto retrograde, you know, dashing in front of Saturn or some damn thing that's causing all of this. Um, interesting to note that, um, so, all right, so let me back up there. Uh, I think that David Icke is correct, all right? He's an internet nutter. He's correct in a general sense. I don't know about some of these particulars, but, um, um, he's your basic internet nutter, and he is of the opinion that there are um, beings, not necessarily people, but beings on the moon, and that the moon is used as a control system for uh, humans, and that this control system is used to harvest, uh, I think, what do they call it, louche, okay, emotional energy, and that the emotional energy is, of course, higher with um, uh, negative emotions than we're going to get with positive emotions. It has to do with the release language, right? What I call release language. Uh, so apparently the uh, space aliens on the moon, uh, what I call the presence on the moon, because I'm, I think David Icke is of the opinion that they're reptiles, and it's like, eh, I'm not going to go to try and figure out species um, at this point. And I don't know that reptiles, as, as we think of them in the woo world, actually exist that way. Uh, certainly, they don't exist as uh, hominids, right? So you don't have any muscular lizard-like guys. The musculature for a hominid is not the same for a lizard. Lizards would look far more like a, um, a Tyrannosaurus rex if you were to like make them walk around on their hind legs kind of thing, right? Anyway, so I don't know that it's lizards, but I do know that there is a presence in the moon, that the moon is hollow, that the moon was placed exactly where it is for some purpose that we can speculate about, but we don't know, and that this placement was done approximately a quarter of a million years ago, and that there's lots of history in the really serious ancient stuff uh, that talks about the time before the moon and how humans were. And we note that some of those very ancient social orders uh, that we can't make anything of, we can't make heads or tails of, uh, because they're so old, we don't have, you know, any literature describing them or any of this. And, and many of these cultures uh, relied on signage in uh, graphics that we can't decode. So we don't have any idea of, of uh, who they were, what they called themselves, and so on, right? Now, uh, one in particular that I know of uh, lasted over a thousand years. We know it was at least 1,000 and was probably closer to 3,000. This is the uh, Harappan uh, Valley. Uh, I don't know what they call that first civilization, the archaeologists, but they found three civilizations there. And one of them was um, uh, pre, they think, it was uh, uh, 
well, okay, so so there's a real dispute. Archaeologists fall into categories where some of them think humans have only been around for 40,000 years outside of the cave, this kind of thing. But for uh, Hindu archaeologists that know about the Yugas, there are a couple of these guys that believe that the, the I think they call it Harappa, HP, okay, for Harappan primary, uh, or primus or first or something. It was the first civilization that, or the deepest layer, Okay, let me put it that way. The deepest layer in the archaeological record for this particular area shows a very extensive civilization that um, perhaps uh, encompassed uh, four to five million people in this valley. Um, could have been much more. We just don't know. There's there's habitation that suggests, you know, remnants of habitation, foundations and this kind of thing that suggests that uh, there was at least one million, if not more. Okay, and all the houses were really interesting because they were all pretty standardized. There was only like a, a few that were not like all the others. So there was not an issue of inequality because everybody basically had the same kind of a house, right? There wasn't this issue of, you know, personal aggrandizement based on your dwelling. Um, something else about this social order that is unique to our experience is that there were no sign, there's no war toys. Okay, so they recovered all kinds of toys and stuff in some of these places. They apparently had um, a communal child care facilities, uh, one per what we might think of as a, as a very large country block. Uh, so the social order, we can make some um, uh, conclusions based on what we find in the way of the uh, remnants of their buildings and stuff, right? And, but one of the things about this particular civilization was that no one found any war toys, all right? They found tons of other toys, but they found no, no toys of violence. So there were no little swords, there were no, you know, little guns or anything like that. They found balls, they found sticks that were presumably, or the remnants of sticks that were presumably used to hit the balls. Um, the balls actually, what we have left in terms of um, remnant from them and from the uh, few drawings of these um, things within the building. So um, one building had drawings all along the wall for various different kinds of toys. So we assume, we're assuming it was signage telling kids, this is the bin you're going to put that kind of toy into, right? When you're done with the toy, put it back here, that kind of thing. But anyway, these guys had no war toys. They had weapons. There were weapons caches in the outside of the uh, civilization. There were none in the inside. Uh, so it wasn't like they had, you know, a weapons armory every block or anything, right? It was just all around the outside of the civilization. And the weapons in the main uh, seemed to be um, for um, dealing with animals. Um, so it was like you know, uh, stuff for farmers to deal with wolves, that sort of thing, right? This was a, a civilization in the northern part of India in this long, snaky valley. Um, as I say, the civilization had no war toys. It had no, no, uh, we have nothing to, to indicate that there was uh, violence of any kind. They didn't find anything that looked like a jail. Uh, there, They didn't find anything that could have been like uh, administrative offices for 
uh, incarceration or anything like that. So there's, there are administrative offices that we can easily see. There's signage on the buildings. We don't read it because we don't know what the script is. We can't decode the script because it's so old. Uh, and there's not a lot of not a lot of signage, right? So it wasn't like they were trying to sell shit to each other and needed to, you know, blare it out with an advert. It was more like they had to have a sign on a building saying, you know, uh, pay your taxes here or something like that, right? Um, you know, some kind of uh, administrative function there or, you know, information kiosk, that sort of a deal, right? Um, so we don't know a lot about this social order, but the assumption is on some of these... Um, Indian archaeologists that these are pre-Selenites or pre-Selonians, uh, pre okay, which means that these, these people were there before the moon was moved uh, and put into position. And a lot of people think that that happened, like I say, about a quarter of a million years ago, and that it since then has influenced our yugas, and that since then we've been, um, uh, humans have been, the hominids here have been uh, aggressive and have known war and contention. And there are a few people like David Icke who have a theory, and I can't dispute it, right? I mean, there's a lot to suggest that their theory is valid. And the theory is that the uh, position of the moon is to block certain frequencies of radiation coming at us from the sun, including specific frequencies of light, and that the blockage of these frequencies makes us more aggressive. Now, we know that there's uh, factual um, aspects to this, right? That is to say, we know for sure that uh, the moon influences uh, menses in women. We know for sure that the moon influences uh, uh, the uterus, right? And no, men don't have uterus. Uh, men do not have a uteri. Okay, so there's, it just does not happen. Um, anyway, so the, so the female uterus is able to pick up influences from the moon. Uh, this is demonstrable. We know this, right? Um, at that level, that is a gross physical effect. But what about the other mental effects that are also being felt that are not as uh, physically demonstrative, right? So men may find that they're more aggressive on some days relative to the new moon, right? And uh, we would not necessarily... As males, we wouldn't necessarily note that we're feeling more aggressive that particular day and, oh, hey, look, you know, this is around the new moon, uh, period. Uh, so um, we wouldn't necessarily associate it, but it is very likely associated. And, and I cannot fault uh, David Icke's reasoning insofar as how uh, the moon is positioned and its effects on Earth. So we're probably... Um, so I will agree with him that this is going on, and I'm going to suggest that um, it is very likely a very complex experiment being done by the presence on the moon relative to humans. And maybe he is correct that indeed our emotional energy is being all whipped up by the moon, which wouldn't happen if it was not there and that we would live in a much more steady state. We'd have all these other extra energies coming in from the sun and from space and all of that. So it would be a different planet if the moon was not there and we would be a different humanity as we were in the past before it arrived. Now note that the moon is hollow. It's a uh, one quarter of the 
uh, diameter of the Earth, but it's only one and a half percent our mass. Okay, so the fucker's hollow. And it's my contention that no crater on the moon, well, there's two. There's two craters on the moon that we can actually identify as being from meteors. All the others appear to be mining uh, efforts, okay? So craters from meteors don't leave straight up and down sides on craters uh, in a complete circle, right? They always come in at an angle. In a particular uh, way here, they always come in at 53 degrees in the northern hemisphere, um, more often than not here in the, in the, um, on Earth. Uh, on the moon, we know of two craters for, for meteors because we actually witnessed the things plow in. And hey, guess what? The meteors came in at an angle, struck the surface of the moon, and caused ejecta uh, from that point of the impact, but not behind it. In other words, uh, they buried themselves in the mass and they threw up a bow wave of debris, but it was not a circular uh, crater, right? So all those circular craters are where they go and they mine shit. All right, so it, it makes a lot of sense if you are uh, got a big spaceship to cover the thing and all the minerals and stuff you're going to need. Just pile it on there, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet thick because it will protect you as you move this, this thing through space uh, from such stuff as meteors, but also all the micrometeorites and all of the radiation. So your all of your resources are stored on the outside where you don't have to make room for them and you live inside. Uh, as I say, so the moon is hollow. It's... Um, uh, this can't be disputed. The Russians have known this for years, and the Russians uh, internally now. So let me back up. A lot of our old fart guys are uh, expat Americans uh, and expat Frenchmen and an expat Greek uh, that are all living in Russia. The guy who's Greek is going to be moving out pretty soon. He was there for a, um, a specific purpose. Uh, it took him a couple of years, and now he's he's leaving. I think he's going to Turkey, but I'm not sure. Anyway, um, so uh, the okay, so the nature of the moon and the uh, uh, individuals that are there living in the moon um, is not like lots of woo-woo guys would have it, okay? So, there, in my opinion, there's no Nazi base on the moon. In my opinion, there were no, there's never been a Nazi colony of, you know, the Germans did not send a colony of people to the moon. Uh, there are no people living on the outside of the moon. There's gonna be a uh, an issue if you were to try and do that because the moon is occupied and these guys are not gonna to take too kindly to come at you coming in there and building a city in their titanium dump right? That kind of thing. Uh, so there's always those kind of issues. But in any event, so uh, we are being experimented on. The moon is um, not the dead thing that we're told. Uh, you know, we've been lied to again and again and again, repeatedly, constantly by the powers that be. Our vision of the uh, reality in which we live is so completely distorted that we're running into this overwoo now where all of the distortions break down. They can no longer be maintained. And um, we're moving into the period of hypernovelty where the distortions will basically fall away and anything they attempt to create will also fall away. The media, I mean because we just won't buy it. We just won't listen to it. Uh, anyway, so we need to pay more attention to the moon. We will soon be seeing, in my opinion, 
the, my data sets are forecasting as part of the hypernovelty period, uh, which I think will most of the Wu guys will acknowledge, oh yeah, okay, there's hypernovelty. It's really increasing very rapidly as of about April 3rd, uh, so the first week in April next year. But I also think by probably mid-June, uh, we're going to have uh, a lot of the normies who will have been impacted by um, emotional changes caused by what's going on uh, in the moon. And, and they won't, um, uh, some of them won't necessarily react uh, appropriately to what, what they're experiencing because they have no uh, description of it. They may, people may even think they're going insane or, uh, you know, they may think that they're, uh, they're dying or something. We just don't know how people are going to perceive it or how they're going to react, but we do know that it is coming and that it's actually probably affecting some of us now, the early, early points of this, um, uh, increase in energy, uh, but it's going to get a lot more so as we go forward uh, into next year. And that's basically because of where the planets will be relative to Earth as we take this next little tiny incremental movement upward in, as a solar system against the uh, increased emanations of radiation from galactic center. Now, uh, you know, like I say, I don't think there's reptilians up there. I don't think they're human, though, right? Uh, this is, this is my, my understanding at this point is that I wouldn't necessarily classify them as, as human, but they may be hominids. Um, anyway, so my data set has been really bitching and moaning since uh, about the moon, saying, watch the moon, watch the moon, and the moon's watching you, that kind of thing. Um, and it's been ongoing for all of this year and actually started in like in seriousness like um, uh, probably a year ago, end of October uh, last year. Uh, took a big jump up. I didn't really necessarily pay any attention to it. You know, some things like that could be um, prompted or artificially sparked by, you know, if there was a big movie about you know, a lunar invasion or something, right? Like that. Uh, then you would get this ripple that would go through the data, but those things usually fade fairly fast. So when it happened last October, the, you know, the pointer is to look at the moon, watch the moon, the moon's watching you. Uh, you know, as I say, it didn't take it too seriously uh, because it could fade away. And then it's like, okay, I gotcha. Um, but didn't fade away. It's still ongoing. It's stronger. There's many, many, many more, um, uh, avenues coming off of it, much more in the way of data sets, a lot of new subsets. So uh, my way of thinking is that we're going to be presented sometime, as I say, within the period of hypernovelty, uh, we'll be presented with some level of information about, in my opinion, about the presence on the moon, such that um, it gets the normies' attention. Logging truck pulling off. All kinds of stuff going on out here. I uh, got my window fixed, so it won't crack out on me. You still see it. That kind of shit annoys me. But <laughs> anyway, such as it is, uh, at least it's sunny and we'll have solar gain in the house. I don't have to worry about running the fireplace so much to keep us warm. It's been reasonably cool out here. In any event, though, so I'm expecting a lot of activity from the moon over this next... Uh, year, especially the uh, from like uh, probably April onward, I think that I, I, I'm of the opinion that some of the Norbies um, 
some of the forecast uh, consternation for the normies will arise from their learning stuff about space aliens and the moon and so on. Now, I have this as an expectation because along with all this lunar stuff has been all of this um, huge giant gains in data sets relating to religion. None of it good, in my opinion. None of it's forecast as being good for a religion, right? So it's not forecasting a great Catholic revival or, you know, anything like that. We are getting forecasts for massive, massive social change around the idea of religion within the religion. There's going to be new religions popping up. Uh, old religions are going to die, like fucking completely die. So uh, Mormonism, Catholicism are on their way out. Uh, it, it appears as though the Catholic Church is going to suffer some kind of a, an, uh, you know, an internal disruption in the in their ability to be a structure that will seriously affect them this time next year so it'll happen early next year and then it'll you know build and build and build and build and maybe they'll have to like i say maybe they'll have to sell off you know uh the vatican to pay debts or whatever right uh i don't know what the circumstances are going to be i do know that the uh forecast is for a um a big crash of um, uh, the more concentrated organized religions and the big crash is uh, going to be triggered by and exacerbated by uh, fiat currency problems. So uh, it's going to be a very interesting few years. Uh, as I say, you know, maybe there will be a chance to, you know, bid in on uh, uh, the Vatican or buy part of their library or something. Uh, it's um, the, the fiat crashing is causing some strange shit to go down. So there's rumors of um, large-scale gold movements, and um, we I can't confirm them, but there's enough uh, supporting evidence to suggest that um, you can't rule it out that these things have actually happened. Uh, so under the circumstances, it's like I say, it's curious that the Rothschilds are selling everything off, trying to raise uh, fiat currency. Uh, the rumors are that the Rothschilds are doing this in order to, because they know they've got to have liquidity. And they're in the and as I say, the rumor, the proffered explanation, is that they are uh, going to have to support the euro, and the goal is to support the euro beyond the death of the uh, fiat dollar. Okay, so beyond the crash of the Fed, uh, sometime in this next you know year. The idea is that the Rothschilds and the uh, other bankers want to keep the euro alive. And the idea is that they would try and um, uh, say that, okay, this is, you know, a good currency and everybody can use it and try and substitute the euro as a uh, replacement while they try and shoehorn us into a CBDC. Uh, they'll, they'll try and use the euro as a replacement for the dollar. Now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that personally, I think that they, no matter how much they raise, they couldn't cover the uh, massive amount of derivatives that are going to just hollow out the system and are, are hollowing out the system now. Um, and so uh, their efforts will be wasted. Uh, but as I say, these are just uh, proffered explanations for uh, public moves by very, very, very um, uh, private individuals, right? That you just don't see them doing this kind of thing in the in the past. So it's very very odd. 
very atypical, and atypicality means that there's something up. Um, so, uh, on the back on the moon thing, uh, we can actually postulate now, uh, based on some information relative to the potential for the moon being moved in, and um, some information about uh, some of the remnants of some social orders that have been found, that we could postulate, we could speculate, that part of the idea for moving the moon in was to cause... Uh, or to, to control or get rid of uh, the Coneheads, Homo Capensis, uh, because they all uh, there are small remnants that appear to uh, have survived uh, from the Coneheads, from the Homo Capensis uh, globally. There are, are small uh, remnants that we can find that show that they may have been active in this last 250,000 years, but it really appears that a lot of that activity was um, waning. It was not the height of their civilization or whatever, right? So the moon moves in, we have floods, um, tides start for the first time, uh, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Um, later on, uh, at some point, uh, all right, so there's evidence of what uh, people call a mud flood. And none of these, all right, in my opinion, um, what's his name? Uh, David Dubine, okay, the guy with the catastrophe stuff. Yeah, he's got all this locked down and he's got all these numbers and stuff, but his idea that these catastrophes and things are cyclical and are natural is wrong, all right? So in my opinion, these catastrophes were caused by the moon being shifted, and it was specifically done to cause the catastrophes. Uh, we see a lot of supporting evidence for this sort of um, speculation. Uh, so, for instance, uh, we know that the image we see of the moon's face that faces Earth is a holographic projection, right? It's being projected onto the uh, atmosphere there to disguise uh, activity on the surface of the moon to prevent it from being seen by us. So it's a, it's a particularly kind of a worrisome situation, right? Now, my data set uh, had uh, a big event, 81-something-something uh, 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 level of um, delta on the release language, which we've only made eh, maybe 30% of that at this stage with the um, Israelis and Hamas, right? So it's, it, that is not the big trigger that everybody, or that the Khazarians may have wanted. It is not the big event that's going to cause the uh, big uh, dump of release language uh, at the levels forecast. Uh, it's big and all of that, but it's just not the event. So I think there's a couple of more events. I think these couple of more events are going to be involving uh, lunar activity. And our data sets seem to suggest, my data sets seem to suggest that that's the case. That that it's not necessarily causal, but there will be some level of temporal linkage between revelations about the presence on the moon and these upcoming events. Uh, how that's going to play out is anybody's guess, right? It's just the, the sets are cross-linked that suggests that there's going to be this tie-in. And shit's getting really complicated, so it's difficult to uh, work out all the cross-links and see that, you know, any any given thing is a like a straightforward shot from one set to another because of all the subsets that are involved. And so our, our level of complication and uh, 
is is getting it's increasing. All right, it, it has had a couple of very large jumps itself. The amount of um, uh, complications uh, uh, to the data set, you know, branching, splitting, and so on. Uh, so the data itself is behaving as though there is indeed something coming, and that um, humans are aware of it. We're all feeling it, and we're some of us are attempting or expressing it in, in the language we're leaking out. Unfortunately for us, it's not very clear. I mean, so I, it's something that I think is outside of our experience and resolves down to this period of hypernovelty that I forecast. Anyway, um, so it's going to be a very energetic year next year, and getting there is going to be really interesting because we've got to go through this these uh, next two events and the uh, splitting of the populace uh, from the mainstream media. And so that's going to be really interesting itself. We're going to see like um, things created to fill in the gaps. So in my opinion, a lot of the Wu people are going to be uh, stepping up to the plate, so to speak, right? And uh, will be elevated by the fact that uh, they're not mainstream media bullshit artists and that we may get shit wrong and our speculation and our interpretation may be wrong, but we're not deliberately trying to deceive you. <laughs> you know, so, so in other words, our guys, you know, may say X, Y, Z that turns out to be bullshit, but at the time they're saying the X, Y, Z, they actually think that that is the case. Um, and they're not trying to, uh, cause you, uh, uh, to be deceived. So, but we're going to get shit wrong. There's going to be vast quantities of chaos. The mainstream media is going to try and recover by lambasting all of the woo people and trying to point out the bullshit from the woo people. It's not going to work for the mainstream media at fucking all. And um, uh, it's going to be a very interesting, uh, riveting kind of a uh, conversion into the new year. Last, last month of this year and moving into the new year is going to be, as I say, uh, quite riveting for all of us. Anyway, I've got to sign off now. I'm getting back. I got to put stuff away, uh, extra trip or extra um, stops this trip, that sort of thing. And I've got, uh, I've got fog and, um, all kinds of weird traffic and people doing shit here because it's so isolated. People come on out and they do strange things, you know, that they wouldn't do in town, right? Um, anyway, so um, uh, so you guys take care and it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to keep your attention, all right? So it'll keep your attention through the, um, uh, through the end of this year as we get moving forward. I think we're uh, going to get the next big event. Personally, I think it'll come at the end of this month. Uh, I had a lot of data pointers for the 28th through the 4th of November is being uh, energetic and uh, more towards the 28th uh, than the 4th in terms of the larger effect, though. Okay, talk to you guys later. <clears throat>